don't tee me up They ain't ready for it They was sleeping on us, yeah I know that they were snoring But they waking up the triple doubles, yeah we scoring So cold with it, you might need a cocaine dot in the booth with Mike, they the ghost We be out here debating, it's all about the conversation Y'all people be getting mad at the observation that we making You know it's all fast, there's no cap in the rap So this podcast Millennials versus the world podcast the only spot you get authenticity and entertainment at the same time as you know it's your boy k.mims man mike is handling biz right now so i'm dolo but i do have a very special guest with me today so man if y'all seen it maybe closer to the beginning of the pod um we had a family we had a family talk we was in the mountains we were talking about taxes and all that but my pop since then has written his first book lifestyle ownership what's your number pops what up with you appreciate you coming on Oh man, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. All right, so just tap in real quick and tell the people, hey, why you wrote the book, who's the who the book is for, and what do you, you know what you can expect once you read the book. Well, just like many, um, I, I believe many authors, one of the reasons I wrote it was I wanted to look at my life experiences mm-hmm. of what I what I've done financially, mm-hmm. business wise, to get where I am. Well, real quick. Let's backtrack, tell the people, you know, your background, what you do, who you are. They know you're my pops, but they don't know you like I know you. I can't assume that. So just give people a quick rundown of what you do and things of that nature. Okay. Um, I'm originally from Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. I'm, mm-hmm. A, I'm a federal state graduate. Okay. I uh, spent uh, most of, well, about all my life, once I got out of college in Raleigh, mm-hmm. um, had a computer business. Yep, yep. Uh, that went pretty well. And then off and on, I would start dabbling into some um, side business, some little network marketing here and there. Mm-hmm. It was successful. For sure. Um, and then I started learning about what does it take to be successful mm-hmm. in a capitalistic society, mm-hmm. which I found out real quickly that I had no idea what that meant. Mm-hmm. And um, so through the trials and errors of times, um, I just documented what I did, what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then years later, literally years later, it all came together. I mm-hmm. had this idea back in 2000, um, some concepts that I've learned from a, another company. That company has since gone out of business, but the principles were, were true to fact. For sure. I just needed to figure out how to get it to work for me. And try and error, I got it to work. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I always say my claim to fame is, about six years ago, me and my wife, we were over $150,000 of consumer debt that did not include the house. Yeah. And then uh, five years later, we've paid that off. So mm-hmm. we're totally debt free. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the process of paying off the house. Mm-hmm. And now it has just changed our life. It changed how we do. And now we're creating residual income. So there, real shortly, we won't have to work. But we get to maintain our lifestyle. Yeah, for sure. So even when, um, I think it was in um, 2007, 2008, 2009, when we had that recession, Mm -hmm. because we were on the path of what we consider our recovery, Mm -hmm. it didn't hurt us that much. Yeah. Uh, And even now. Stay stay close to the mic. And even now, um, we're enjoying the fruit of our labor. Mm -hmm. And so with that, I wrote the book 
as a conversational piece. Oh yeah. So we can sit there and talk about it and it's and it's not full of fluff, but this is what you do. Yeah. It works. It really, really works. So talk to the people real quick about what it is to own your lifestyle. Because when you see the book, you see lifestyle ownership. What does it mean to own your lifestyle? Well, I found out that um, a while back, I had the house. Mm-hmm. I had the money. Mm-hmm. I had the cars. Oh, yeah. Um, but I owed everybody. Yeah. I mean, money was coming in and it was going out just as quick. Mm-hmm. Which means, which meant that I had to continue to work. I had to always have a job, always had money coming in. But when you start talking about owning your lifestyle, that means you put some things in place where you don't owe nobody nothing. Mm -hmm. And you got enough resources where interest off of investments pays your lifestyle. So if I decide to stop working, it doesn't change what I have. It doesn't change what I do. I still can go out and eat. I can still travel. Mm -hmm. So it's not based upon my job, but it's based upon things that I put in place Mm -hmm. so I can enjoy what I really like to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I got tired, you know, I would ask people, if money wasn't an object, would you be doing what you're doing right now? For sure. And about 75% of the people would say, no, I'd be doing something else. Mm -hmm. So I've started looking at that and said, what would have happened if at the beginning of our life, we started following our passion and turn our passion into a lifestyle or a monetary thing that we get paid for sure and design our lifestyle around that. Mm -hmm. We would be a much happier group of people. So that is lifestyle ownership. And in me, we talk each week and talk through things and talk. So I, I know, but when people, when you say, what's your number? And I know we, uh, from me, when I read the book, I understand what my number is, but when people see what's your number, how did that concept kind of come about for you in your personal life and how you portray that to others? So like, what does it mean when you ask somebody, what's your number? It's what it, what it means is what is the number it takes Mm -hmm. for you to live on a monthly basis? Gotcha. And, you know, for example, you, 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 you design that number around your mortgage or your rent. Cause you got to have a place to stay for sure. So it's that number. So I'm just going to throw some numbers out that I'm, mm. I'm a, that I've used quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I memorize these, yeah. but the numbers can always be changed. So if your mm. rent's a thousand dollars or your mortgage is a thousand dollars and you, you know, you have lights, foods, activities, things of that nature. And let's just say that's another $1,500. Mm-hmm. So your lifestyle number is $2,500 a month. Gotcha. Which is $30,000 a year. Mm-hmm. That's what your lifestyle is right now. Mm-hmm. But for many of us, we got two cars, student loans, mm-hmm. credit cards. So we may be paying additional $2,000 mm-hmm. just in debt. That's why I get the, the saying, uh, own your lifestyle instead of financing it. For sure. So your lifestyle number is what is that amount that you have to have to live excluding consumer debt. Can you kind of tap into when you just said like own your lifestyle instead of financing it? Cause I get, we think we know what financing it is. And I heard you say earlier, we're like, you had the money, you had the house and um, you were saying like, but you owed everybody. So like, what is it about us where we think we're living, but we're also financing everything around us? Well, you know, I've, I've learned that uh, society will teach you, as long yeah. as you can make a monthly payment, you mm-hmm. can have it. Yeah. And the other th- uh, thing I've learned is that 
you know, when you have loans and credit cards and all that, mm. um, that gives you the right to pretend that you're the owner. Oh, yeah. Because if you don't make the payments, mm -hmm. the real owner's going to come and get their stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, but when you own it, can't nobody mm -hmm. do anything to mm -hmm. you. So um, we've got this, this belief that we got to buy stuff to impress people. Mm -hmm. um, and, and in the process of impressing people, we find out that um, somebody else owns us. Yeah. You know, because I owe, I got to go to work. Because I owe, I could be on a job and take a lot of mess that I really don't like, but I got to, I got to make, I got to make them payments. Oh yeah. Um, so when you can get rid of that, then it gives you options. Mm -hmm. Then you can decide what you want to do. Like my example, when I said your, your, uh, living expenses, $30,000 a year. Mm -hmm. If you're making just 60,000, mm -hmm. there's no reason in the world why you can't be doing the things that you want to do and enjoy life for sure. and create memories mm -hmm. for the rest of the family. So why do you think, and I heard you say earlier, like through all your trials and tribulations and things of that nature, why do you think we're so late to catch on just as a community? Like we're not, I'm not going to get into the colors, black and white, none of that, but like, why do you think it takes us specifically so long to catch on to that? Like actually owning our lifestyle, actually knowing what it takes in order for us to do what we need to do. Well, one of the reasons is um, our educational system never teach you to own your lifestyle. Our education system teaches you how to go out and get a job. Um, the capitalistic system, the capitalistic system that's out now, teaches you how to be dependent on a job. For sure. And for many of us, we don't really start thinking about this until we get sick and tired of being sick and tired, and then we sit down and we go, "There's got to be a better way of living. There's got to be more to life." And that's when we start looking at other people's success. And try to figure out how we're gonna make that work for my for us. Yeah. I know that's how it was with me. Oh yeah. You know, I, I went out. You know, when I was in school, you had to have that degree. I went out and got the degree. Fortunately for me, I was able to pay for it, so I didn't have no student loans. But I was trying to impress people who really didn't care about me. Mm -hmm. And then when I realized that it was life was about me mm -hmm. and, and my family, mm -hmm. you get a you get a different you get a paradigm shift. So when you talk about those things and for you, it was whenever, you know, you had that epiphany, you started doing things differently, paying off your debt. So when, so obviously my pops, I'm 30 and the book is great for me because I understand things that we've talked about and really how to do it. Who is the book for you would say? And I get that anybody can do it, but like, how do you know you're ready to read this book and it's time to change things in your life? Who is that person is for? If, if I was to say, you know, who's the idea, if I was looking at it from a, a, a business perspective and mm -hmm. I say, who's the ideal client, mm -hmm. I would say somebody between the age of 30 to 45 mm -hmm. um, with college, a college degree or have some college degree, mm -hmm. um, married, buying a house, mm -hmm. you know, kids, mm -hmm. um, because at that age, it's about going forward. Mm -hmm. And making some changes. When you're around my age of, you know, 50, 56 years old, it's all about being reflective. Mm -hmm. What I should have done. If I, you know, we always say that statement. If I knew that, if I knew back then what I know now, yeah. I would have made different decisions. For sure. And when you're in your 30s and 40s, you have a, a more time to make that change mm -hmm. and have time work for you instead of against you. Mm -hmm. So 
it's those individuals. I, mean, I love to get somebody that's you know in their early in their uh, early mid twenties mm-hmm. because they haven't accumulated a lot of debt. They haven't accumulated a lot of um, nonsense knowledge mm-hmm. or, or belief system that's not working. Mm-hmm. Um, and this sets them straight. This gives them an opportunity to do something different because the way things were when I was in school and mm-hmm. growing up is nowhere close to the way things are now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe everybody has a much better opportunity to achieve their goals now mm-hmm. with or without a degree mm-hmm. um, than we did back in the day. So does that make it easier or does that make it easier alone to be able to, because I, I guess this would be my question. Is there any time in life where debt is appropriate? I'm not talking about business, that stuff. I'm saying like, do you think there's a path where we can really start debt-free and in that way? Is there some part where you feel like everybody is eventually going to take on debt? Or is it that we take on unnecessary debt not knowing that that debt will come to bite us on the back end? Oh, I, I think we take on unnecessary debt. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know many people that can pay for a house straight out. Facts. That's a necessary facts, debt. Facts, facts, facts. Um, I don't know uh, people that want to get into... Um, um, starting businesses or mm-hmm. start a business. Yeah. Uh, that could become a necessary debt, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you're talking about real estate. Uh-huh. But that's somebody's paying off your debt. That That's an asset sure. where when you buying your house, that's a liability to you, but it's an asset to the bank. Mm-hmm. So you got to understand what's necessary and what isn't. Mm-hmm. But when we start reaching out to, well, I'm going to go, um, you know, just because I want to look good, I'm going to go buy an $80,000 car. Mm. You know, I'm going to buy all the name brand clothes. Mm-hmm. You know, that's unnecessary debt. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that you, you shouldn't. I'm not telling anybody what they need to do. I'm just saying if you're going to look about owning your lifestyle, mm-hmm. you really got to look at where you're spending your money. For sure. You know, bottom line, you know, a car is to get you to point A to point B. Mm-hmm. A house is a place for you to rest your head. For sure. Um, it is not an asset unless it's paid for mm-hmm. or unless you own it and you rent it out to somebody. Mm-hmm. Your primary residence mm-hmm. is not an asset until it's paid for. It's a liability. For sure. Because, you know, you're never going to pay. If you go the whole 30 years, you're never going to be able to sell that house more than the money that you put into it. Oof. So I heard you say something. I want to tap into this real quick when you said, like, you know, if you're starting a business. How important do you feel like it is to start a business while you're trying to own your, in relationship to owning your lifestyle? So, like, do you think everybody should find something that they love to do and uh, create a business in order to help them own their lifestyle? Do you think this is a thing where people can do just straight off your job? Because I know you've been, you know, a business owner yourself. Do you think those things should run concurrently? So, like, let's own a business so we can pay off our lifestyle? Or you think these things can happen if you even don't have that business with you? Oh, I, I think they ought to um, be concurrent mm-hmm. side by side. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say something that there's a lot of people that, that hate this industry for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to um, say how I used it to benefit mm-hmm. me. For sure. Um, uh, when I had a job, I, was, I can tell you right now, I was working for St. Augustine's College in the IT department. Mm-hmm. Um, loved the job, enjoyed being around students and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that time I got involved in a, um, uh, a network marketing company that mm-hmm. was, they're debunked now, but it was called yeah. Solovey. Oh yeah. It was a, um, cell phone company. Mm-hmm. And 
what that allowed me to do, it allowed me to tap into all the business write-offs. Got you. That I could not tap in as a W-2. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate enough that I understood how the, how the pay plan worked. Mm-hmm. So this is what I did. I went to my job, mm-hmm. changed my W-4 from two to about 10 exemptions. Mm-hmm. So that means from the federal government's perspective, I got all my money back. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't, they didn't, I think they took $22 out of my check. So I got all my money back. Mm-hmm. Now that wasn't free money. I had to pay taxes on it. Mm-hmm. But because I had a side business called Solave, mm-hmm. that means that T-Mobile was a carrier. Mm-hmm. So wherever T-Mobile was, mm-hmm. I could conduct business. For sure. Which means now I can write off mileage. Mm-hmm. I was writing off hotel stays to advance my business. Mm-hmm. So my whole life became a business. Oh, for sure. Which means that whatever free money, not free money, whatever ex- extra money I got from my job, mm-hmm. now I was writing it off. So let's say, uh, point in case, let's say I got an extra $300 mm-hmm. um, for, for doing that. Mm-hmm. And then I would go out and let's say I did 1,000 miles that month in my business for sure back then 52 cent a mile that's mm-hmm. 520 dollars i get to write off that month for business well mm-hmm. i got a 300 dollars increase mm-hmm. that got absorbed with the 520 dollars so that money was free gotcha so you start leveraging the business write-offs because our tax system is designed for businesses not mm-hmm. a worker gotcha and so you just sit there and you go, okay, how do I, how do I leverage my job? So since I had a job, I didn't have to worry about making X amount of dollars. Mm-hmm. I use that side business to make about four or $500 a month to help me start paying off my debt. Mm. Now, fortunately for me, I had, was doing so well. It was, it, it allowed me to have five free lines mm-hmm. with T-Mobile. Oh yeah. You're killing I, the game. You was yeah, killing the game. And I pocketed a thousand dollars a month. Oh yeah. So that was like paying bills, you know, paying the mortgage. Mm-hmm. So you you leverage uh, a small business in, in some network marketing group. Mm-hmm. That way you don't have to quit your job. Mm-hmm. And you don't use that group to say, I'm going to replace my daytime income. No, you maximize what you're making. Okay. Until you get out of debt and then you have some options because your side. Can you just repeat that bar real quick, what you just said about. Not just going to quit your day job, but maximizing what you're getting before all that. Right. You 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 don't because you you'll get in these these meetings and they'll talk about, man, you can make six figure income and this and you can you know quit your job. You do not quit your job. Mm-hmm. You you just maximize that job to benefit you owning your lifestyle, and then you maximize the side business mm-hmm. to to allow you to tap into the business. Um, write-offs for sure that are so much better than what you get as a w-2 but you do not quit your job mm-hmm. if anything get out of debt then find the job that you enjoy the most mm-hmm. and that becomes your lifestyle job so it's ter- uh, uh, and again i know this but I, I think it's really good for people to hear this in terms of like happiness financially and everything how big and how much was the change you saw from when you were stressing out, you had debt, and then you paid all of it off? And, like, how just mentally, physically, emotionally, how, how was that change when you actually started owning your lifestyle specifically? You know, as, as being your dad 
and going through that change, mm-hmm. I would tell you there's nothing worth having debt over mm-hmm. because sure. the burden is lifted when things, when, when the economy change, mm-hmm. it doesn't affect you. Yeah. Because like right now when people were sent home, laid off their job, they still got to make mortgage payments. They still got to make car payments. They still got to pay light bills. But when you don't have any of that, mm-hmm. there's, there's such a freedom. Because mm-hmm. now, you know, you, know, you gave me my first grandbaby. Yeah, for sure. Shout we, out to Cam. Yeah, <laughs> Cam be Cam. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, we could come up, you know, we could spend a couple hundred dollars on it if we want to. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not affecting what we have at, um, at the house. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, not too long ago, I had my washer and dryer go bad. Mm-hmm. I had my um, microwave over my range go bad. Mm-hmm. And to be able to walk into Lowe's, pick out what you want, and strike a stroke a check mm-hmm. to pay for it, and oh, you yeah. not have to worry about robbing Paul to pay Peter. Or, I gotta adjust mm-hmm. this to do. man. It's it's a wonderful feeling. Mm-hmm. You there's there's no words that can describe it when you spend most of your life trying to figure out how you are gonna make ends meet. For sure. Now it's like they're overlapping. Mm-hmm. And now I have a, a desire to um, show other people that you know you can get to the point where you can do the things you want. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can you can buy the things you want and don't have to feel guilty about it, sure. and, and and really enjoy life. And you know, just from a a biblical perspective, where it talks about a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, Cam is my children's children. Mm-hmm, for sure, I get to spoil them. Mm-hmm. And then my expectation for you is that you're saving up to spoil Cam's children. For sure. Because Cam's going to be able to enjoy life for what you have now. Mm-hmm. It's like my youngest, TJ, is enjoying, mm-hmm. and Matt, is enjoying the fruits of what we have now, mm-hmm. not what I'm saved up. What I'm saved up and then put away is for my children's children, for, for my sure. grandchildren. Mm-hmm. So um, that's that's the that's the best thing. And, mm-hmm. and then... And then it gives me the opportunity to um, the the inheritance that I want to leave. Keep going. I'm just, keep going. It isn't the money that I have accumulated, but it's the knowledge of how to accumulate that money. Because my expectation is you and your brothers mm-hmm. will outproduce me with the knowledge that I have. For sure. That's the inheritance. For sure. So, um, dang, I forgot my question. I, oh, I had a good one too. Um, Oh, was there any challenges you faced on the way to owning it? Like, not even just, just, because it kind of happened quick. Six years, and, you know, it's a lot of time, but it's not. So when you start knocking those things off and doing that, how was it when you transitioned and you realized, like, people need to know this? And that motivated you to write the book. So were there any challenges you faced during that time? Well, the biggest challenge was having the knowledge. Mm-hmm. And not actually putting it in, putting it in action yourself. Got you. I mean, we all walk around. Uh, I believe a lot of us walk around with the knowledge, but we haven't implemented it ourselves. For sure, it's hard to sell something you're not doing yourself. For sure. And when when I decided that you know I'm, I'm tired of not having, mm-hmm. you know, I I went out and you know I got a part time job unloading trucks at FedEx. Mm-hmm. That's some hard work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, you know, getting up 3 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the morning. But I think that shows the discipline and commitment to, like, you know, they always say, like, 
when you get tired of something, you get tired of it. Right. And I think that point especially was like that breaking point. Like, look, this got to change. I'm making this change. And once it changed, I ain't never going back. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. Once you cross over and you get a taste of it, mm -hmm. you ain't going back. So can you speak on that time when you were... You still had a business, only own your own business, you know, being the, the guy at the business, and then still doing the FedEx thing, grinding to pay all that off. Could you talk about what saw you through all that? Like, what helped you stay disciplined and get all that done in order to get where you are now? Because um, that's not easy. That, that That's not easy, because well, I remember that. My my, my biggest supporter was, was my wife. For sure. Um, she, she was right there with me, you know, mm -hmm. and, and I admit... You know, once I got on her page, because mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. we were not only were we were not only we were not on the same page, I wasn't even in the book. Got you. Yeah. But, but, one, like but once I got in the book, mm -hmm. got on the same page, and and I told her, you know, this is what I'm doing mm -hmm. because I want to get here. Um, she helped out a lot, and then you start looking at the change of the atmosphere in the household. For sure. You're not stressed out anymore. You're not mm. you're not having money arguments. Mm -hmm. What you're having is arguments, what we're gonna do with this, how are we gonna do this. We just paid off this, so we would celebrate when we pay something off. Sure. And when you pay it off, you know, I'm like, okay, let me keep at it. Cause there were days, you know, I, I went you know, tell people I went to work during peak time during Christmas. Mm. So there were days I wanted to just quit. Mm -hmm. Um but I knew what the end result was. For sure. I knew that we were closing in on paying off all of our consumer debt. And that far outweighed me being tired, mm -hmm. the body being sore. For sure. Because I knew once that was done, mm -hmm. I could rest. Yeah. So, you know, once the team is on the same page and you've made up your mind, mm -hmm. you just got to stick to it. Because nothing worth, you know, anything that's worth having doesn't come easy. And I and you know I spent thirty years creating this debt. Mm -hmm. This debt's not gonna go away in thirty days. For sure. So you know that's a bar. You 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 go and you do what you have to do if it really means that much to you. Mm -hmm. I'm still learning. Mm -hmm. You know this 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 book was just a foundation. Mm -hmm. I'm still learning how to maximize my taxes. Mm -hmm. How to maximize my insurance agency, mm -hmm. how to maximize and teach my agents the same concept mm -hmm. because I desire for them when they get about 40 to make a decision of how hard they want to work. For sure. You know, I, I tell everybody, if your number is, you know, especially in the insurance industry, if your number is $3,000 a month and you hit that, that $3,000 a month, uh, that, 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 that halfway through the month, mm -hmm. if you want, you can cruise the, the remainder of the month. You ain't got to work that hard because sure. you met your need. Mm -hmm. But when your need is six dollars to $7,000 a month because you're trying to maintain a lifestyle, mm -hmm. man, that's work. Yeah. I, don't, I don't believe life was, was meant for us to work as hard as we, we do. Yeah, but see, and, and I think the good thing about what you were saying, and especially to me, is like when you know your number, when you get to know your number, right? Yes. You realize how much you waste. We think wasting yes. is in like entertainment because now I see that like if you want to go have a nice dinner, it's not as much strain on that because the other things are there. Like now I'll be transferring my stuff. This is the last car note I'll ever have after I get done with this car. But because I realize it's the stress is not the things that I want to do. The stress is the things that I'm tied to. 
the right. card notes. The, you know what I mean? So, like, yes. a lot of times we get stuck in my head and think it's, like, all the extra stuff you want to do and not realize, like, you deserve those things for working hard, but you can't do them because we steady paying the credit cards, the student loans, the the card notes. So, when you wrote the book and, you you know, you're getting it out there, you're doing that thing, what is, the, besides lifestyle ownership, what do you want everybody to get out of it? Like, we're going to be, like, say if somebody, let me rephrase that question. Uh, who do you feel like will benefit most as far as, not age range, but the person who's just like, oh, I can't, like, I ha- I'm making money, but I don't know how to do it. What's the first couple of steps you would give them in order to feel comfortable to try to get debt, try to be debt free? Well, one one of the first things that I, I when I sit down and have one-on-ones with individuals mm-hmm. is I really want to know, are you enjoying what you're doing in life? Okay. You know, if, 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 your, if your job isn't what you enjoy doing, mm-hmm. that's what we need to figure out. Mm-hmm. We need to figure out what is it that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I, I've, I've, I've told your brother, who's mm-hmm. a videographer, mm-hmm. I, and you know, he's done this. And I said, what you do is you figure out what your passion is. For sure. Because I believe if you go to school to enhance your passion, that's an investment. For sure. If you go to school... To make money, you're creating debt. Got you. That's a fact. Because That's most people that do that have you student loans. Say that again. Okay. If 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 I go to school to enhance my passion that I enjoy, that's an investment because I get a return on that. For sure. But if I go to school just to get a job to make X amount of dollars, mm-hmm. I'm creating debt. Mm. I'm chasing a dollar. For sure. And you'll never win that race. For sure. So the first thing is to figure out, are you doing what you enjoy? Or are you doing what you're doing out of necessity mm-hmm. because you created a lifestyle that requires that money? For sure. If the answer, I would rather be doing something else, then we got to figure out how much does that something else pay? Mm-hmm. And then you can just basically Google it, get a medium income for your area. And then you can say, okay, I got to work on getting this stuff paid off so I can go do what I really enjoy. For sure. Because when you do what you really enjoy, it isn't about the money. Mm-hmm. It's about the fulfillment of life. Yeah. And that's kind of what the lifestyle ownership is, is if you're doing what you enjoy, you wake up in the morning going, man, I can't work. I can't wait to do this. I can't wait to do that. Mm-hmm. Many of us wake up, on Monday morning, I'm like, dog, I got to go in. Or, you know, now yeah, that's true. I got to, you know, turn my computer on. I can't mm-hmm. stand this, but I can't afford not to do it because I got bills. Yeah. So life will put you in a place where we think we're successful, mm-hmm. but we're bound to a job we can't stand mm-hmm. and we don't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Life is too short to do that. So do you think in the sense of this, the pandemic outside of the health and all that great stuff, as far as frame of mind, do you think like if the pandemic doesn't shift our mindset and knowing how important it is to have our finances aligned and owning our lifestyle, do you think that the pandemic was a blessing in that case where everybody's at home and you really got to go through and see like what I'm trying to do, what I need to oh, do? Oh, by, by far. St- putting aside the, the many lives that we, For sure. that, that, that have, have, have died mm-hmm. um, because of it, you know, I, I just feel like this was an opportunity for the Lord to make everybody to sit still mm-hmm. and just say, you're doing too much. Mm-hmm. I need you to reflect on where you are, what you got, and what you think you got. Mm-hmm. And for many of us, because we can't go out and spend the money, 
we can't, you know, I mean, you can still shop on Amazon, but for the most part, <laughs> you, you can't go out and spend the money like you were spending it. For sure. It forced us to look at where, where our money's going. Mm -hmm. And those that got furloughed or laid off, you really sat down and figured out what's very important. Mm -hmm. So I, I was, you know, there was times when um, I was the true middleman. Mm -hmm. I'd work. And because it was direct deposit, I never saw the money. Mm -hmm. It hit the bank account the next day. It was out because I owed. Mm -hmm. So I was the middleman. Oh yeah, for sure. And um, and but but now I can sit down and 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 look at it. And there's a lot of people that are struggling because all of a sudden we robbed Paul to pay Peter, mm -hmm. and now Paul wanted his money. Yeah, but so so what are yeah. you gonna do? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we can argue about the government. We can argue about the job. Mm -hmm. But the job has not caused you to buy what you buy. Mm -hmm. and, and I tell people, for the most part, most jobs, companies pay you just enough so you don't quit. Yeah, buddy. But at the same time, we work just hard enough so we don't Hopefully get fired. fired. Yeah, that's a fact. <laughs> so yeah, 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 so it's, yeah. it's, it's that common denominator, but it's like, why put yourself in a situation that another man from a, by a stroke of a pen can cause your job to go away, yeah. regardless of how good you are? You're nothing more but a number on a balance sheet. Mm, that's a fact, though. And, 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 you know, but when you own your lifestyle, you have choices. Mm. You can sit and go, no, I don't want to do that. Instead of saying, I have to do that. Yeah. And regardless of whether you like it or not, I got to show up. And you just, you get tired of that and you go, what I need to do to do, what, what can I do to be different? And yes, I had people that call me crazy. I had people that call me a dreamer, but I tell you what. That's usually how I go though. That's usually how I oh, go. Oh yeah. But that's the dream is coming true. Oh yeah, for sure. I know that's right. Yeah. The dream is coming and I'm, and I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. So speaking on the dream, before we close out, let's say short term and long term, you know, the next three or five years, what do you, what are we, what will we see you do with the book and what you're going with it, where you're going the next three to five years? What are some of your goals to have with the book in order to get people and change their lifestyle and get people really owning their lifestyle? Um, I'll create, I'll create a, a workbook. I want to create uh, an actual um, workshop. Okay. About a five, dope. six week workshop dope, to take dope, through dope. each one of the steps, create mm -hmm. a uh, support system All right. to help people to, you know, change their lifestyle. I, I really want it to be a, a, a movement yeah, for of, sure. of uh, lifestyle ownership. For sure. You, you figure out what your lifestyle is and then let's put some things in place that you can, that you can own it, that you can actually enjoy life. Yeah. You know, at one time uh, I, I look at, um, my my father, mm -hmm. uh, who wasn't my, you know, he was a worker. Mm -hmm. Entrepreneurship wasn't exactly in his in his blood, mm -hmm. but you know, he used to say this statement to me: "If you can't pay cash, then you don't need, then it. You don't need it." Yeah, buddy. I never understood that until I got in debt. Yep, that's a fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> I, you know, it didn't hit that's me yeah. until I got in debt, and I was like, "What the what?" Yeah, and then, and now it's like it's true. You know, he was he was he was a man of simplicity. Mm -hmm. But he had money. Yeah, he did what he wanted to do. Yeah, how yeah. he wanted to That's do it, what he live. wanted. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you can't ask for no more than that. Yeah. So you know, going forward, I you know I like for it to you know I really like for it to become a movement where, especially the young generation, will will grab it 
and say, I don't have to do it the traditional way. I'm not against education. Mm -hmm. I think education is great when it's properly used. Mm -hmm. I just don't think we ought to put all of our eggs in that basket. For sure. Because right now in the United States, there are more well-educated, unemployed people mm. today mm -hmm. than there ever is. And there's more people coming out every year. They got education, they got debt, and they do not have a job. Mm. And if it was that if it guaranteed that, then everybody would be doing it. And, you know, so I just look at the statistics. There's more millionaires that don't have a degree. Now, I'm not saying don't get a degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's better to have and not need mm -hmm. than to need and, and not, not have. have. That's a fact. So I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not against it because I have one. Mm -hmm. I said, but, it, but it, it doesn't, having that degree doesn't guarantee a successful life. For sure. I say pursuing your passion and putting things in place whether you're a millionaire or not, that's a successful life. That's where it's in joy. Yeah. And the book will help you. You know, this is a little side note, mm. is that when you get your plan together on the book, the book would even help you find a mate. Oh. Because, you know, if that's your vision mm -hmm. and whoever you think you want to be with, for sure, if they can't get with the vision, mm -hmm. you need to walk away. Yeah. Because you both got to be working on the same thing. For sure. To, to make that work. For sure. So uh, it, it helps in a lot of areas. Yeah, for sure. So, hey, appreciate you coming, dropping the gems, man. My, my dad came through and blessed the podcast, dog. So lifestyle ownership, what's your number? It's your boy K.Mims, man. I got my pops with me, man. We out.